Welcome to The Top, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Get ready to tackle top real estate topics in bite-sized amounts with CCAR President Marissa Benet and Jonna Fernandez, CCAR Chief Operating Officer. Hi, Marissa. Hey, Jonna. Welcome to the top. Well, I am happy to still be here. And me too. And today we're joined by Todd Smith. Todd is an agent owner of Alpha Omega Insurance. Well, hello, Todd. Thanks for joining us today. And I am excited to dig into all things insurance. So how long have you worked in the insurance industry and what drew you to this very sexy industry? First of all, I want to say thank you for letting me come here today and be part of this uh, podcast. Uh, I appreciate the Collin County Association Realtors very much. I started in, uh, 19, in 1998, a friend of mine who worked for an, a direct insurance company, uh-huh. which means they can only write through that insurance company. Uh, he was losing some customers, and he began to approach me about starting an independent insurance agency. I was a manufacturer's rep for another company at that point. And uh, so in 1999, in January of 1999, we started an independent agency. I quit my job as a manufacturer's rep and started and uh, with no income and just hoping we could make this work. Wow. <laughs> so we've been doing this for 23 years and we started with one carrier and uh, that was progressive. And over the 23 years, we've been able to build up and really expand and grow. Uh, as we grew uh, in the later years, we've been able to get into other states. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the early years, things were very difficult for us. As, uh, for me, he was still a, an agent with this direct company, uh-huh. and so he didn't come over and join us. So it was just me. Uh, we also started a mortgage company at the same time, and I was in a brand new industry. I had a wife, two kids at the time a mortgage and was just trying to uh, earn a living. So absolutely no pressure whatsoever to perform. I think if there's someone I'm going to bet on, I think I'm going to bet on you. (laughs) (laughs) It it was some some rough days in the beginning and um, some tough times financially, but uh, we made it through it. Uh, He eventually quit where he was, and now we're both doing Alpha Omega full-time, expanding in the East Coast and numerous other states. Wow, so you have built up this great company, which tells us that you probably offer a lot of different insurance products to your clients. So can you tell us about some of the most common products that your company offers? Absolutely. We started in auto and home insurance, and that was primarily all we did. Uh, Auto insurance, of course, is required by the state of Texas, so you have to maintain minimum liability limits to them. The second most common form of insurance is going to be homeowner's insurance, which is, as you all know, is going to be required by the mortgage company. However, even if you don't have a mortgage, uh, most most people go ahead and maintain homeowner's insurance for obvious reasons. They don't want to lose their asset. (laughs) It's a good idea to have it. And then, of course, health insurance and life insurance are the most common forms of insurance. And you get into businesses, and we may not want to talk about that today, but there's commercial insurance for all that. And we've gotten into commercial insurance. We have our own department for commercial insurance at this point. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, from what I hear, a lot of agents, um, friends of mine as well, they have additional uh, umbrella policies on top of it. Is that something that you recommend for realtors in general? I highly recommend an umbrella policy. Uh, If you have an accident and it exceeds your liability limits, then you very much need an umbrella. 
Uh, umbrellas are very inexpensive. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to carry minimum liability limits for most carriers of 250, 500, 100. That means $250,000 per accident, $500,000 uh, maximum, uh, and $100,000 in property damage. Uh, after that, you can carry an umbrella. Yesterday, I quoted an umbrella. It's $341 a year. Wow. And what was that? Was that that minimum coverage that you just said? That was at $250,500, $100. Yes, ma'am. Okay. It okay. was for a million-dollar umbrella. So they're very inexpensive. Um, if you have an accident and someone's hurt and it goes above those limits, which if someone goes to the hospital and they have major damage to their major health and major problems, uh, then they're going to need additional coverage. And yeah. so if you hit someone, the most common claim right now is distracted drivers. So many people are on the phone. Absolutely. And those lawsuits are going through the roof right now. So we're being encouraged by attorneys to make sure all our clients have an umbrella. People go to the hospital, they're major hurt, They've got to have a lot of work done. It can easily exceed $250,000. That's where the umbrella would kick in. Also on homeowners, uh, we see that a lot on a pool, whether someone gets hurt or possibly drowns, then they're gonna need the umbrella. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of my friends also get um, an additional umbrella policy for their younger drivers in the household. Do you see that? The umbrella policies we write cover everyone in the household. We have to write everyone in the household under the umbrella. So it's going to include the youthful drivers. It's going to include the parents, mm -hmm. everyone that's in the household that's driving. Wow, that's incredible. Well, so tell me about the insurance application process, because I know things have changed over the most recent years. I don't know, five, ten years or so. Um, I mean, I first got my first homeowner's insurance policy like 21 years ago. And it seems like if you're not constantly revisiting it, you don't know what it is that goes on the application, wh how you should fill it out, what, what am I supposed to be asking for? So can you dive into that a little bit more? Sure. The application, most things are done right now over the phone or over the internet. We do have some new technology. If you provide me your information from your carrier, I can automatically upload it to my computer. It will give me the coverages, your information, your address, et cetera. Mm -hmm. However, most things are still done over the internet and I can send them a form to fill out Primarily, it's going to be name, address, uh, dates of birth, drivers, their license number, the VIN numbers on the car, uh, and the coverages they currently have. We're mm -hmm. going to try and match those existing coverages and then give them areas where we think they need to improve their coverages. Okay. One of those areas that a lot of people need to improve their coverages is on liability. We have a lot of people out there carrying liability-only insurance, and that's 30, 60, 25 and there are a lot of cars that cost more than $25,000 on the road nowadays. So they need, it's not, it's very inexpensive to raise those liability limits. Okay. Okay, so 306025. As a realtor, <laughs> these numbers mean something different to me. So let's break it down again. What does that 306025 mean in, in layman's terms? It's referring to liability insurance. Okay. The state of Texas requires $30,000 per person. So if I hit you, the state of Texas is going to require minimum limits of $30,000 per accident. So if you're injured, they'll pay out a maximum of $30,000. That per, hardly seems enough. You're correct. That's why we encourage people to carry higher liability limits. The second number is $60,000. They'll pay out a maximum of $60,000 per accident. 
So if we've got three people in an automobile and they're all three hurt, maximum you're going to get paid out is $60,000. The third number is $25,000, and that is property damage. That's going to be to your car. How many cars out there, especially in today's market, cost more than $25,000? Well, I was just thinking about our kiosk out front, our new sign. I mean, that costs more than that if a car hit it. You know, they'd be paying out of pocket. Right. And cars are what some of them run, even a Ford F-150 is running $60,000, Yeah, vehicles are very expensive right now. So can I ask a quick follow-up question to that? So what if you're involved in an accident that it is your fault and it involved multiple cars? So is that, you know, 30000 or whatever, is that just for one person or is that for each person? How does that work? It's per person for the $30,000, but per accident, it's only $60,000. So if you have a three-car accident, the maximum the insurance company is going to pay out is $60,000. So if you don't have enough coverage, that's where the umbrella would kick in. Mm -hmm. However, it will not cover, you can't carry 30, 60, 25 and still get an umbrella. You have to carry a minimum of $250,000 per person, $500,000 per accident, and $100,000 in property damage. Then you can get an umbrella after that, starting at a $1 million. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it really does. So shifting gears, talking about homeowners and must have homeowners insurance to close on a home, which is great, but I think that some people will be surprised at the limitations of their policy. So how many times have you had someone trying to claim like a fence repair on their homeowners insurance policy? Whether it's a fence repair or any small claim, you take a $500,000 home and that's for a 1% deductible, that's going to be a $5,000 deductible. So if you just have minor fence damage, then obviously that claim is not worth turning in. Uh, you would want to fix that yourself and it move forward. Several small claims are like that. You don't want to turn in those small claims. It's going to hurt you in the long run to turn in those small claims. However, if that damage to the fence is caused by wind damage, or tornado, you name it, then there's going to be additional damage to the roof, to the house, etc. In that case, you're going to have a lot more damage, and you would definitely need to turn in that claim. Right. So when we're talking about some of those exterior things with the house, are there certain policies that cover some of those exterior things? So are there policies that would cover fences or solar panels or things like that? Uh, Under the homeowner's policy, in the state of Texas for everyone we ride through. Uh, those other things that you're mentioning, uh, the fence, uh, sheds, things of that nature, are covered under other structures. Other structures is 10% of the dwelling. So if you have a home at $500,000, other structures would be at $50,000. So yes, that is covered under the same policy as the homeowner's policy. Uh, solar panels are considered part of the house, and so if you have a roof claim, uh, hail damage, then that's going to be covered under the roof as part of the dwelling. Okay, let's circle back to that because solar panels, those have been a hot button topic. Everybody's either getting them or selling a house with them, and there's so many different schools of thought. So from your insurance agent's perspective, when someone puts solar panels on their home, is there any kind of notice that you need to be given um, that they've been installed? What's that process look like for you? When solar panels are installed, they're just considered part of the roof. Okay. okay? So all that means to us is the claim is going to be more expensive. Um, and at this point, uh, there are some carriers that ask if you have solar panels or not. 
if they do, then your rate's going to be more expensive. Okay. So That's interesting. More and more insurance companies are doing inspections of roofs, whether it be by drone or they're sending an inspection out there because, of course, as you know, in North Texas, the biggest claims we have are roof damage, hail damage. Mm -hmm. And so they want to make sure that roof is in good condition. Most companies will not carry roofs over 15 years old. Uh, while we're talking about this subject, one of the things that your homeowners really need to know about roofs is a lot of companies, because those claims are so big, we have catastrophic losses. You may remember the one in Wiley a few years ago. Oh, boy, do we. <laughs> we got to inspect our Wiley office right after that happened, and it was a mess. Mm -hmm. That was what we call a catastrophic loss. It was huge because it wasn't, didn't just damage the roofs, it damaged the homes. And when that came through, the loss ratios for insurance companies just went through the roof. Yeah. Pardon the pun. But... What people have to pay attention to is so many companies are wanting to change the deductible on the roof to 2%. You can still get a 1% deductible for not very much more money or sometimes the same amount of money. So first thing is you want to stay with a 1% deductible as long as you can. Wow. So ask questions. Absolutely. That's not something I would I would think to typically ask is, you know, I need to make sure that I have a 1% deductible. I, I would trust my insurance person to just make a recommendation to me. Our agency, I, I do not write anything without a 1% deductible. If I write something with a 2% deductible, I'm going to make them sign several things so that they understand they have a 2% deductible. The other thing that insurance companies are wanting to do is put the roof on what they call a payment schedule. Now, I always change that to replacement cost uh -huh. because people are going to get real mad if they have payment schedule. Payment schedule means they're going to depreciate the value of the roof. So if it's one year old, it's gonna be depreciated a little bit. Yep. Two years old, so it's just gonna keep going down the line. So if they depreciate it 50% and it's gonna cost $30,000 for that roof, now they're gonna pay you $15,000 for the roof minus your deductible. So on a payment schedule or depreciated roof, you gotta be careful and make sure you get replacement cost on that roof. Wow, yeah, I mean, that's a huge money saver. I mean, that can really like, that can break someone's financially. Absolutely. It really can, and that, that's devastating. Well, what other uncommon insurance products do you have that you wish more people would just consider? As we spoke about just a minute ago, umbrellas are probably the most important part. Uh, and you don't realize that until you really need it. Mm -hmm. My grandmother had an auto accident. At the time, she didn't have any money, so they didn't come after her. The lady was really hurt that she hit. She broke her neck. She had to go to the hospital for a while. The insurance agent that she was with at the time only had her at minimum limits. Obviously, if she would have had assets, they would have come after her. So by far, the most important thing you can do is carry an umbrella. As I mentioned earlier, it's very inexpensive. And for people who have assets, they definitely need to carry an umbrella policy. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I mean, we, I recently had an issue with uh, one of my family members was hit by a car. And you don't plan for something like that. But unfortunately, the driver just had the minimums. And that didn't get near, nearly enough for the actual financial costs that we had um, for his care. So it's just, just crazy. Um, but okay, so what other insurance products do you think that are out there that really aren't worth the money? 
for homeowners, I would recommend that no one carry uh, private mortgage insurance. As you know, you need to put 20% down to carry uh, private mortgage insurance. And so y'all know better than me, private mortgage insurance only benefits the lien holder. It does not benefit the insured at all. So private mortgage insurance, if they can put 20% down, I would highly recommend them doing that and not carrying the private mortgage insurance. <laughs> I love hearing that straight from the insurance man's mouth. I love that. Okay. No, I, I agree. 20% down is absolutely um, absolutely the best way to go. So, so um, if someone is getting ready to consider different insurance products, is there a way that they can compare different policies, and are there some key terms within those different policies that they're looking at that they should really be honing in on? Yes, as we talked about, uh, replacement cost on both the contents and the roof is very important. So you need replacement cost on the contents because they're going to do the same thing they do on the roof. They're going to depreciate the value of your contents if you do not have replacement cost. So if you have a couch and it, your house burns to the ground, they're going to replace that call, that couch for what it's going to cost to buy a new one in the same type of couch. If you have depreciated value and it's 10 years old, you may only get 50% of what it's worth. So you're going to end up uh, in a bad situation if you do not have replacement cost on the contents. Most companies also allow you to add additional replacement cost, not only on the auto, but also on the home. Uh, let me start over on that. They allow you to carry additional replacement cost on the contents as well as the dwelling on the home. On the home, you can carry an additional 25 or 50% additional coverage. And so if it comes time to replace your home because it's burned to the ground, they're going to give you an additional 25 or 50% of that coverage uh, when your home burns down should you need it. But you have to insure the home at 100% of replacement cost. All of these insurance companies have replacement cost calculators. It goes by square foot, number of bathrooms, uh, the, the upgrades in the home. And so you have to insure the home at 100% of replacement value. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I know there's a, a handful of people out there that have their homeowner's insurance, their auto insurance. They might have a blanket policy, but then they have an additional renter's policy cover contents because these darn cell phones, iPads, technology, if your car gets broken into or something, that it's easier to file a claim on a renter's insurance type policy versus like a homeowner. Do you agree or disagree with that kind of um, stance on policies? I do not have anyone who owns a home who also carries a renter's policy on that house. Okay. You can take from the homeowner's policy and you can, uh, it's almost like a cafeteria. You can add to that plan as you need it. Okay. Whether it's jewelry, if you've got an expensive wedding ring, you can, of course, schedule that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a gentleman right now and he scheduled a bunch of Hermes purses, which I was not familiar with. And they're cost about twenty-five to $30,000. As soon as you said that, my eyes got big. I'm like, yep, I didn't share those too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure would. This particular lady has five of those purses. She only scheduled one because that's the only one she carries, and we've scheduled it for $28,000. So is it for the one bag, or could it be interchangeable for any of the one, uh, any of the five? It is not interchangeable. It's only for the one bag. The others are kept in a vault uh, 
I understand they go up in value, mm -hmm. and so they want to resell them down the road. Uh, you can put jewelry watches and furs for like $5,000. Mm -hmm. It's just general coverage. Anytime we schedule something and it's over a certain dollar amount, varies by insurance company, then we have to have an appraisal on it. That makes sense. So, Todd, this is a really good conversation. So it brings up the point, how often should someone evaluate their insurance policies for items that they might need to add or take off? I would recommend that people reprice their insurance at least every two years. The reason being is as people getting their renewals, especially this year in 2022, insurance is really going up. As an independent agency, when they call us, we can take that insurance and raise it and, and reprice that through all our other carriers and move them to a different carrier and get the rate back down. I had one case in the past week and it went up over $1,500 on the homeowner's insurance. Wow. Customer called. Of course, they were upset. Yeah. As the insurance agent, I didn't raise the rate. Yeah, don't they the usually messenger. get mad at me. So uh, I was saying, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. Right now, because everything is going up so fast, I've got to be contacting my customers in advance, telling them, hey, prices are going up. We're going to take care of it. So I can move it from one carrier to another carrier, get the rate back down close to where it was because the rates are just going so high right now. Part of that reason is inflation, supply issues, of course, getting all the wood, all that stuff that you need to rebuild the home, and supply issues for automobiles. Of course, you know we're having problems with, uh, with chips, getting in chips for cars. Yeah. So the... I heard the other day that on new cars, there are like 300 chips in one car. Oh, wow. <laughs> Todd, before we let you go, is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know? Yes. Be really careful on some of these ads that you get in the mail, on the Internet, your email, because what these companies are doing is they're giving you a teaser rate to get you to call them. Then they can sell you on something else that's a lot more expensive. For a very short period of time, we tried that marketing out. And I would have customers call in, well, we want this rate of $800. When I run the price, there is absolutely no way I can get near that rate. It's going to be, at the time, at twelve dollars to $1,500. Wow. And then they feel like that we haven't told them the truth. We stopped immediately doing that because these rates are not accurate. They haven't run reports. They do not know what claims they have. They are assuming they get every discount available, and those rates are absolutely not true. Buyer beware. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, Todd, thank you so much for spending time with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. For those listening, thanks for hanging out with us. And don't forget to subscribe to Welcome to the Top wherever you get your podcasts. Also, please be sure to leave us a review. Let us know how you think we're doing. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss, we want to hear it. So please email us at ask at welcometothetop.com and then listen in the future to hear us cover it. Well, we can't wait to hear from you. So thanks, guys, for listening. And I will see you all at the closing table. Special thanks to our hosts, Jonathan Fernandez and Marissa Benet. Producer, Bree Westbury. Audio engineer, Ella Madden. Outreach and guest relations manager, Kendall Crawford. And podcast administrator, Sean Offsell. Tune in next time, and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements made by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. 
This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.